Children of the world, parents of the world, this is for you. I'm Rowena. And I'm April. We are best friends and moms to five young athletes and sisters to Olympic champions. We have a mission to inspire our kids and your kids through the stories of champions. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Hey, you guys, we're super excited to have Billy here. Billy is a big wave surfer who actually grew up in Maui, Hawaii, and now lives on the North Shore of Oahu with his wife, Tahiti, and their four amazing boys. He is currently 31 years old and has many accolades, including the four-time Piahi champ. He has won multiple Ride of the Year awards, became the big wave tour world champion, and has had many ups and downs and is unarguably a champion in so many ways. He also has a docuseries that you have to check out. It's called Billy. Welcome, Billy. We are so happy to have you today. You know, first and foremost, I'm honored to be on this and be able to speak to children and also just more importantly, the future. I was always somebody who had such good peers and mentors to look up to. And I think that's where so much is taken in as a child growing up around, whether it's professional sports in the ocean, on ramps, on fields, on tracks. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. It's just truly surrounding yourself with the right people and the right community. It really, you end up being a product of them. And that's truly what I believe I am. And it took a while to find where I belong, but it was always just following what I love doing. And that was surfing bigger, heavier waves. And I was told by my parents to do this, do that, and just kind of continued doing what I want to do. And some years later, I'm in a pretty good place. And I'm very, very proud of all of my accomplishments. Oh, I love it. You kind of led into our next question. Do you have any specific stories of the people who inspired you the biggest and like maybe moments that are etched into your brain or the people that believed in you before you had this proof that you have now that you in fact are a champion of all champions? The most important person in the world is every child's mother. Without a doubt, you know, women create us, you know, as much as a father is a big part. To me, it's a mom who deserves so much from everything from the birth to the raising to where this child goes on down the line. And I had a wonderful mom that wouldn't take me out of the ocean. And I think that's the difference in a lot of other parents is that they would be ripping their kid out of the ocean. And My mom just basically, you know, as far as I can remember, I just remember her never judging me for what I did, whether it was spearfishing, fishing, bodyboarding, longboarding, surfing, windsurfing. If I was in the ocean, if I was at the beach and I was enjoying what I was doing, she just really let me excel. And that's kind of where I bounced around at all different sports in the ocean and ended up, you know, in probably a little bigger waves than most kids were used to. And that's kind of where I just really latched on to what I love doing. And it just kind of snowballed from there. It's once you get a little grasp or a little bite of what you want to do it, at a young age. I mean, it's hard to say because when I was a young kid, I just wanted to be like the next Andy Irons or the next Kelly Slater. I just looked up to the best surfers in the world. And As I got more interested and the more surfing pulled me into this like world, I really started to look at the people who are around me and what they were doing and if that was exactly what I wanted. And, you know, there's somebody who I'm sure anybody who's familiar with surfing knows, and that's Laird Hamilton. 
growing up, he was Spider-Man or Superman to me. Like that was a real superhero. He was riding waves that I didn't think were rideable. And he was flying through the air on windsurf boards. It was just like, he was an action figure. And that's when I went to bed at night, that's who I wanted to be. And it's just a little different than other kids. And I feel like, you know, I have cousins who grew up in East Los Angeles and they grew up putting a blue LA hat on their head every day, going to the little neighborhood baseball field and throwing ball and hitting balls around and just dreaming of one day playing on that Dodger stadium. And that was the same for me. You know, I would go to the pineapple fields up on the bluff of Jaws and look down at these huge waves of the pioneers like Laird Hamilton and Derek Doner and Dave Kalama, Buzzy Kerbox. There's a list of these guys. And I just knew that one day I was destined to be one of them. And I feel it's the same for those kids who are growing up with uh, going to Dodgers games, going up to sit in the nosebleed with their grandpa and they got a mid on and they're just dreaming of catching that home run ball. It was all the same, just a, a different court is kind of how I look at it. So cool. I think one question that I know, for example, Jet, he's my 10 year old, and he is getting into surfing. And I just asked him, like, if you could ask Billy anything, what would you want to know? He's like, how do you even know you can do that as a sport? Like, how do you get into it? Was there like a defining moment that you knew that you could do this as a profession? Or did you just kind of like fall into it? Yeah, you know, I mean, when you're a kid, you have idols, you have these iconic people who draw so much attention to you because they drive nice cars, they have huge trophies, Jet likes gold chains, you know, there's things that come with success. And I think it's up to myself now is to how do I want to divide myself from others? Do I want to be a mentor to the future and children? Or do I just want to be some Hollywood kid who is just like living this beautiful, luxurious lifestyle and flaunting around. There's different ways of taking it. And I think the people who decide to take that turn for just truly the love and passion of whatever they're doing, and it's really where I'm at right now, is that's where the kids start to look up to those kind of people. And I was lucky enough to have those people in my life growing up. And I always knew I wanted to be a professional surfer. It was really unrealistic for me at a young age because I was a heavier set kid. I didn't have the national titles. I didn't have a billabong or a Quicksilver sticker or a Volcom sticker on the nose of my board. You know, I was so far behind the eight ball with all the progression of the future surfers coming out of Maui, let alone Hawaii. You know, my generation was without a doubt one of the most talented groups of kids to ever come out of Hawaii. And I was so far in the back of the line. Did that take away the end result or the dream? No, I didn't really let it bother me. And I think that's where my mom came into play so much was just do it because you love it. Don't do it because other kids have sponsors and they're winning this and winning that. You know, it's not about that. It's about why you're doing this. And that was just truly because I loved it. And somebody like Jet, you know, if he really loves surfing or if he really loves baseball, you know, he's going to find his way through there. He's going to slowly start to navigate through these little hurdles and issues that you come against with things that you love. It's like a relationship in life. It's the same thing. No matter how pretty and how much love is involved, there's always issues. There's always problems. And now I look forward to those issues and problems, like figuring out a solution. How do I get over this. You know, as a kid, the first thing for me is fear. I want to do that, but I'm scared. And as a child, it's hard to tell a kid when they're scared, like, you got to do it. You got to do this. And 
I don't think that was the issue with me. I don't think my mom did that to me. It was like, you have to go. You have to drop in on this ramp. We're not coming back unless you do it now. That was never the case for myself. I had older brothers who I looked up to and they were just complete maniacs at what they did. And I kind of followed in their footsteps. But I was also, I do remember the first time I kind of challenged fear in pretty bigger waves. I was eight years old. And I just remember surfing a wave over like really shallow reef. It's here on the North Shore. And it was right when I moved to Oahu. I moved to Oahu from Maui when I was eight years old with my mom. And it was the difference of surfing a wave like Hokipa, a real mushy wave over to a hollow reef barreling wave. And I was terrified. And I just knew that there was no way I was going to learn unless I tried. And it's really my motto to life is like, don't ever look at your losses as losing. Really look at them and just dissect them as an opportunity to learn and better yourself. Because without making mistakes, and every kid does it, you know, whether it's with boys and girls, whether it's with entering puberty, entering adrenaline sports, there's so much mistakes that are going to come. And as a child, and as a kid wanting to be a professional or be the best at what they do, when you are able to address that mistake, that is when you're going to be able to take your next step on being the best at whatever you want to be. And I love, I hate saying this because Losing is my biggest fear in life. I hate losing, but it's also the biggest opportunity for me to get better, as weird as that sounds. You know, taking a loss is taking a step in learning and having a huge opportunity to better yourself for the next time around. You just had so many good nuggets in there. I feel like we need to break that up for the kids. It's not weird at all. It makes total sense. I love the fact that you just talked about taking responsibility and that's when you you learn. You kind of answered this a little bit, but I was blown away by your documentary and kids go onto YouTube and find that it's called Billy. But well, number one, the fact that you weren't a favorite going into that first event you won, I think it was 2015. Talk us through that. Yeah, that was different. I had a six or eight month kid and that was a huge shift change. I I remember in the summer, literally having a child being like, I don't know what to do. I'm 25 years old. I just had a kid. I'm not making six figures a year yet from my sponsors. Like I'm struggling. And now all of a sudden I have a kid to take care of. And it was utilizing my strengths outside of what I do in the water to really just propel me and mentally position myself in a place where I felt unbeatable. And that's using your roadmap of what you went through in life. And for me, my map of life is probably much easier than a lot of people and probably much harder than a lot of people. You know, I don't compare myself to anyone. I know there's people out there who have had it way worse than I have, you know, not even the slightest chance of opportunity of what I've had. And then again, I know people out there who have had my opportunity times 10 since they're eight years old. And it's, um, it's just really not looking over your shoulder, but just looking at what's in front of you, you know, not trying to worry about other people's situations or opportunities and just focusing on what you have and what you don't. And if you don't have it, figure out a way to get it. And that was for me getting a wild card into the first ever big wave paddling event in my backyard at Jaws against 
Shane Dorian and Ian Walsh and Greg Long and Twiggy Baker. These were my mentors, my idols. Like these were the guys who I thought were the best in the world. And then I'm like, okay, why am I surfing next to them? And utilizing my life of trying to dig deep and understanding that I lost my brother when I was eight years old. And I looked at my brother as a much more talented and gifted athlete than I ever was. And it's just moments like that where I look at them just seeing there's people out there who don't have this opportunity. If I have an opportunity, why can't I maximize it to the full potential? It's like my brother's not here, but I am. So let's give everything I have plus whatever else I have in the tank for the people who don't. And it's weird. I I almost compete better or have more motivation through other people and not through myself. I just feel like it wasn't fair for a lot of people in my community or circle growing up for what happened to them or the cards that they were dealt with and the life that my parents gave me and you know the the way I was able to walk and navigate through my teenage years I just I feel like that event was such a huge opportunity for me to do it for my brother for my family for the people who had helped me get to that point because it in my mind I knew that this was just the beginning, but at the same time, it was like, whoa, I'm for the first time in my life on the biggest stage I've ever been on. So I better not let this opportunity go to waste. Hmm. Well, what's amazing about that is you probably didn't even realize it at the time, but what you've done with how you've dealt with that is not just motivating for yourself, but what other people can see now and how many people you've inspired to say like, hey, yeah, things are going to be rough sometimes, but you can choose two different paths and choose the better path. So I love hearing you you tell that part of the story. Okay, so tell us, how do you be able to surf big waves like you surf? Like, how do you get the courage and the motivation? Is there like a progression or what happens to become a big wave surfer? I mean, it all starts on the shore break as a kid running around naked, you know, as a toddler. As crazy as it sounds as a parent, it's like, how far are you going to let that kid run off the leash? It's do you stop them or do you kind of just let them find their flow state and see where they they end up. And that's kind of, I'm in that situation now with my children is like, do I force them into a certain place or do I just let them run free? And if they find something and it starts to expand and get bigger and the interest and knowledge just starts to become deeper, I'll give them the biggest platform that the world has to offer. When I think it's the same thing for me. It was just being at the beach as a young kid, having an unbelievable sur- like community of talented up and coming surfers, you know, for me, it was Kai Barger, Dusty Payne, Nalu Wallace. It's crazy. There was Matt Miola. There were just these list of unbelievable surfers growing up out of Maui. And we all just love to go to the beach and surf. And as you grow and as you start to understand competing, you kind of was surfing. I just found where I fit. And that was, I just loved surfing really big, good waves. It wasn't that I felt like I didn't have competition there, but I just felt like it wasn't frustrating for me. It was where I felt like I could just have fun and perform and people would be stoked on what I was doing rather than, I can only imagine it's similar. I mean, I played ball sports growing up and it's like, if your dad wants you to play shortstop, but you're like, no, I want to be a pitcher. But like, no, you're better at this. You need to play shortstop. It's like that kid might just fall out and just lose passion for what he's doing because his heart or his mind somewhere else. 
So yeah, you know, back to really getting an understanding of when and where that really happens. And when do you know this is what you want to do? There's not a time and place. It's just really following what you're passionate about. And I think that's when you create these undeniable beasts. You know, you look at these athletes like Kelly Slater, look at people like John John Florence, you look at LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. There's certain athletes that I look at and I think at a young age, maybe they played a handful of different sports or whatever. And once you get this feeling and people aren't forcing you to do it, I'm doing this because I love doing it. That's when you find greatness. You're able to better yourself and you're able to really just strive and continue doing what you're doing. You know, it's like if you found something you loved doing as a young kid, I'm positive that any good parent out there is going to make sure that opportunity continues to be there because it's like anything to keep your child out of trouble, anything to keep your child in routine at doing something they love. I mean, that's the whole goal of life is really finding what means most for your children. And I think when they find that, that's when you can navigate through careers to become the greatest of all time. Heck yes. I loved the quote your mom said. She said, Billy always works so hard, but above all, he loves surfing. And it sounds like it's the secret right there. Yeah. And right now, 31 years old, I think I love surfing more than I ever have. And do I blame that for things that have happened? For sure. You know, I've hated surfing in my life. I've gotten sick and tired of it. I've broken surfboards. I've cried. I've quit surfing for months. I've felt forced to do it. But there was other things in my life that were going on. And where I'm at now, I can pinpoint what caused that. And a lot of it's, you know, being forced to do things or being told this is what you have to do or you're competing in events or a tour that maybe you're not passionate about. For me, it's maybe I'm not the happiest to surf in knee-high waves on the other side of the world that takes three days for me just to get home. You know, that's the truth is I don't like doing that. I like competing in front of my home. I like competing in front of my family. And I just like surfing really good waves. And I've went through a lot of adversity. That's just really showed me what life is about. I feel like a reborn kid again, just scratching the surface of what's possible. I'm just having so much fun with every day I'm going surfing. And now it's like, whether it's two feet or a hundred feet, I just really am enjoying everything about it. I'm finding new things that I can better myself. And I'm also doing it with my children too. There's just so much fun things that are revolving around my career in surfing that I couldn't paint a better picture to be where I'm at right now. I love it. The people who know and love you, They say that you are the master of taking the good, but also the bad and the ugly, the adversity, and really shaping it into motivation for you. I'm guessing by this age and all that you've been through, you've come up with some mindset rituals, maybe. Is there anything you can share with the young ones to help them? Because everyone's different, right? But in creating something around mindset for themselves. Yeah, you know, there's so many different little tools and keys to competing. I mean, some people say that routine is bad. Some people say that superstition is bad. Some people say it's great. I find myself in all different places with that stuff. Something that actually, I was in a place in my career a few years ago where I felt like I could build and better myself. And that was with just on what I ate. And for coming from a surfer, that's not something you hear too often, like, 
a surfer working with the nutrition, cutting weight, watching their weight, where is their weight performing at the best? What kind of food are they putting in their body? And I started working with Matt and Sheree Chan, who are probably, you know, is some of the most well-respected nutritionists in all of sports. And they really helped dissect that. And from there, from nutrition coaching, they kind of came into a mental strength coaching and prepping my mindset. Because, you know, as I got to know them, they started to hear and know a lot about my family and a lot of about what went on in my childhood. And I have haunting images that come and talk to me every day. I just came back from surfing 30 to 40 foot faced waves in Mexico. And after my injury a year ago, I'm really putting my body to test. And I have like these horrible thoughts running through my mind of my legs snapping in half and my career ending before I'm paddling out there in the morning at 6am. And there's things that I've learned over the years that really helped me get through little moments like that. And the simplest thing, and I think this is so powerful for children and young kids who just, they question themselves before game day, or they look at another kid maybe better than them on the team. You know, it's not about somebody else. It's about you and what you have to offer for that day of your sport, your career, whatever you're doing. And for me, I just write down, my answers have stayed the same for four years now. And it's just the simple things of a couple things that really fire you up. Just four things, you write them down on the paper, the littlest things. Like for me, one thing is I will fight and I'll never give up just like my mom. The second thing is I'm here to take over, not to take part. I'm not here to play a bunch of games with people. I'm here strictly for myself. You know, write down a few little things. I tell myself these four things every time before I enter the water, if there's any doubt, anything. And it's, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, I overcome and I conquer. Mother nature never repeats itself. And that's something that I've learned with surfing is don't let opportunity slide. And, you know, whether it's a kid being scared of hitting a baseball from a fast pitcher of just understanding there's no fear and speed of just understanding like I'm going to swing no matter what. Whether I miss or I hit it out of the park, I'm going to take a swing because that's physically all I can do. And I will practice that swing a hundred times before I get to the plate. And I think it's just a really simple thing for children or kids who are battling fear, adrenaline, competition, stress at home. There's little things that kids can write down and whether, you know, I would say it's just something so simple. Take the time and write three to five things that really just fire you up. And every time you're challenging yourself or you're putting yourself in harm or whatever that situation is that you're scared of, you know, stand up straight, stand up like you're about to be the champion of the world and say it in your mind with body language. That's winning language, you know, not slouching over with your head down making sure no one's looking at you. You know, stand up, look at your field, look at your court, look at your ramp, your ocean, whatever you're performing on and say it with pride and joy and just have an understanding that I'm here for the right reasons, not the wrong. Oh my gosh, I feel like you're speaking our language. This is amazing. Mic drop. I know, right? Well, you know, the name of this podcast is a affirmation. I am a champion because we really believe in affirmations. So that was amazing. I live by that. And that quote right there, I am a champion. You know, it's standing up. And two years ago, I surfed against Italo Ferreira. He was the number one surfer in the world, the Pipe Masters. And there was probably 15,000 Brazilians just screaming, chanting with flags on the beach at Pipeline, the final event of the year. 
And I'm a wild card into this event. And I have my family, my kids, and 10 friends, my trainers and coaches behind me. Meanwhile, this kid's got the entire beach and it's in my backyard. And I was like, wow. I felt the pressure on me to arise. And just the simplest thing of telling myself, I don't care how good he is or how much people he has. Like deep down inside, I believe I'm a champion. I believe I can beat him. I will beat him. And it's just telling yourself repetitively, convincing, you know, it's visualizing and manifesting as crazy as it sounds to me is been the key to my success. And it's just really understanding that, you know, when I go to sleep at night, when I do something that my trainer wants me to do that I hate doing, similar to a kid practicing after school, you know, when he's done with his homework, like, hey, let's practice this. And he might not like it then, but it's understanding and visualizing maybe this 100 swings at that fastball is going to mentally prep myself for the kid who has the fastest pitch in the little leagues or the fastest running back in the little junior football teams. It's all just understanding and practicing and visualizing, making sure that your practice meets your visualization and your manifestation to where it becomes like a formula. You know, that's what I try to do is create formulas that are a formula that's basically aimed towards the end result, put it here and create something a bunch of stepping stones on how to get there. It's not about that end result. It's really about each step in how you get there. And I think that's where these kids, they either, they can't take it. They can't take understanding that the wins and the success don't come with a bunch of walkthroughs. You know, it comes with hard times. And if it's the one thing I can tell every kid, and I tell my kids this every single day, if your homework is easy, if surfing is easy, If your friendships are easy, then you're not doing anything right. Everything you're doing in life right now is not right. You know, this was never supposed to be a walk in the park. Everything without mistake, without trial and error, there has to be difficulties. There has to be hard times. And that's what really excels some kids and some kids don't. Being able to use visualize and manifesting, that's where these kids can really just position themselves in great places to see where their careers might end up. I hope your kids know how lucky they are to have you. And we are so grateful that now the youth of the world, our little tribe that's forming who are listening, they can get this wisdom from you too. I saw a really sweet moment in your documentary where you were saying goodbye to one of your sons and you just whispered to him, my champion. And it brought back what my dad used to call me, right? Roby, the champion of the world. When I was little, I wasn't. And is that something that you consciously do? Or does it just come natural? Like speak life and yeah. belief into your babies? I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was talking to my youngest son, Lion, and he, through the birth of him, it wasn't perfect. And he fought for his life at one point. And it's just giving somebody that little like, oh, I'm a little champion. You know, my kids see me hold up big checks and big trophies and my friends carrying me up the beach. And I don't know if they understand. I'm still trying to have to tell them, you know, when I'm surfing, I'm working. This is my job. And I'm not just like a champion because I want to be a champion. Like it takes a lot to get there. And little lion, he's different than all of our other kids. And I don't take anything away from my other children. It's just, he's competitive. And there's something that I see in myself in him. And I always just try to tell him, you're my little champion. And everything he does, he wants to be like, you know, whether it's riding a little scooter like a razor or 
it's riding a skateboard. He wants a professional razor or a professional scooter because he wants to be a real champion. And I don't force my kids to do anything. It's just I'm along for the ride. Whatever they want to do, I'll be there to support them and carry them everywhere I can. There's nothing that I really preach on my children aside from just really having fun and being passionate about whatever they're doing. If they're not passionate about it and there's no real love, like they're doing it because other kids are doing it, it doesn't matter. It's not cool. You don't have to feel cool to do it. You know, it's like do something because you love it. Oh my gosh. So great. Actually, this is a great time to ask you just talking about champion. What does champion mean to you? Like your definition of what a champion is? A champion is somebody who's going to keep coming back for more. There's so many different people and athletes who I look up to in life. I look up to people like Kobe Bryant, people who they take a loss and they come back and they win. And it's being able to, there's so many different definitions or visions of the word champion, but I definitely don't think of the word champion as the guy who's standing on the podium with the big check or the big trophy. That's definitely not what any kid should think of as being like, oh, that's a champion. Yeah, that year they were the champion, but the overall champion, the overall greatest of all time, you know, look at Michael Jordan. Did he have an easy upbringing? No. Did he have to work for everything beyond? He put in more work than anyone. And that's the similarities of Kobe Bryant. You know, I feel like he drew so much off MJ and it's crazy. I don't really have a surfer that I've taken that from as weird as that sounds. There's a lot of surfers who have motivated me and inspired me. But as far as the definition of what I saw and visualized of being a champion, it was just somebody who did it because they love it and went out there and you could see that they're enjoying what they're doing. And that was something my mom would remind me of, of no matter how scared I am of you when you're surfing Jaws, when I see you on a wave, you seem like you're more connected than when you're at home dealing with your kids. It just seems like everything's meant to be once you get to that point. Getting there might be very difficult, all the bumps and bruises and sacrifices you have to make to getting there, but it's just enjoying and really just loving what you're doing at the top. That's what a champion is, is the people who are having the most fun and able to learn from their mistakes and keep coming back for more. That's who the champion is. Ooh, I love that. You make me feel a little bit better about my parenting. It's been our mantra ever since they oh. were little. Hill dolls never give up. You just never <sighs> give up. I'm working on the more fun part. So thank you. That's what it's all about is having yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's my word this year, right, April? Philly, if you could mentor your 10 year old self, like if you could go back and just look into his eyes, Knowing what you know now about your journey, you know, the ups and downs, like what would you tell that little guy? Oh, it's probably never give up, right? (laughs) Like you just told us. Yeah. You know, if I could go back, I've lost a lot of people who, you know, still to this day, just it makes it hard for me to wake up and continue doing what I'm doing so happily and proudly. But at the same time, it's also given me a responsibility to continue doing it because they're not here to have the opportunities that I have. And I wouldn't change as far as adversity. Yeah, I would take away the losses that I had lost from my family. But as far as I think having a hard time and having to navigate and find my path is what made me who I am. And I think just the simple things of just telling my 10-year-old self of 
you're going to make so many mistakes growing up in life. And as long as you can keep addressing them and facing them, you're going to be a world champion. It's learning from your mistakes is what's going to build you and get you to the top and just truly never giving up. You know, it's like, no matter what people tell you about, whether it's your education, what you were born with, your genetics, you know, your height, your weight, your age, don't give up. Don't let other people's opinions or words phase you or bother you, you know, use it as fuel to outdo them, to outwork them. And there's one thing I can tell every little kid is, there's going to be so many stronger kids and there's always somebody bigger and stronger than you, no matter what. There's somebody who can beat you. But if you can be in the same room as everyone and understand that you're willing to, you know that you have that much energy towards what you love. And if you can literally look around in that room and tell yourself, you know, obviously at a young age, it's a, a bit hard to understand that. But as you become a teenager and you really start to excel into your career of just understanding that nobody in a room can outwork you. I just truly believe that you'll be the best in the world. I'm sure I've stood in hundreds of rooms where a good amount of the people in that room could outwork me on paper, but mentally what I've done in my life has got me to this point of understanding and believing this visualization of I will outwork anyone around me. And that's just, I think, something that will really take you to the next level, especially when you get to competition. For me, it's I'm in the water. I'm not on a field or on a court. And I look around and the guys in the other jerseys and I just, I confidently know that I could outwork any one of these guys at any given time. And that's where I feel like I'm able to get that one up on them and walk away with a lot more wins than losses in certain scenarios. Okay, now that I have chills and I want to become a big wave surfer, I don't know. Do you guys think I have a chance? <laughs> you totally. talked me into it. It sounds amazing. You have given us so much of your time. Thank you so much. We are so, so blessed to have you and gotten to talk to you today. And yeah, Rowie, did you have anything else before we... Billy, I just feel like you're the spirit of everything that we, our mission with this podcast. And I am so grateful. Like, Thank you. I think you're going to not know how many kids that you have affected, but you're literally the epitome of you've got this life, this one life, this torch that you're making burn brightly as possible. And right now that your words and your story, it's passing it on to future generations. And we're just so grateful. You're going to hear kids come up and say, I listened to Billy Kemper on that YouTube video or that podcast one day, and he changed my life. Thank you, Billy. You know, that's what it's all about, though. And I think for me to hear that from kids, I hope my kids one day say that because they definitely don't. But um, with the last two years of my life, I've just made little, just slight sacrifices for my own self to no one else. And I think those sacrifices have turned the tables of what I look at as being a champion or what I look at as winning is when a kid tells me that I've helped them or if a kid asks me a question, how do I do this? How do I do that? I look at that as a win. Like I'm winning in life because I'm helping somebody. And to be able to help without asking, that's the true champion of life. That's the true victory of living is being able to give back without people asking. And it's not giving money back. It's not giving hand-on-hand help. It's giving people just a simple thing of life of just outlook and what they look at of possible and not possible. And I think just keeping kids in sight of that end dream is very, I wouldn't say easy, but it's where I'm at in my career. I feel like I have an opportunity to really 
enhance that opportunity for kids. You know, when times are tough, I feel like if I can just have a couple words with you or if you could just do the slightest amount of research on who I am and what I've went through in life, I think there's something down in there that you can find that will help you get through what you're getting through, whether it's teenage kids dealing with girls or drugs or injuries, anything, family issues. You lose your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad. You know, there's somebody out there who's dealt with it or been through, if not a worse situation than you have. And it's just the people who are able to talk about it after are the ones who I feel like will affect and really help the future and steering them to being the next little champions. Yeah. Thank you for being so vulnerable about your doubts and fears. I think that's so empowering because often we look at people like you and just think, oh, they're just so strong mentally, but it's literally a practice that you've built. And I think that's going to help so many. Thank you. Oh yeah. What people see is not what it is. (laughs) My kids are crying this morning. Me and my wife are arguing. Life is not easy, but all those mistakes that happened for me this morning, when everyone comes home, it gives me time to address and figure out how to better each and every one of those relationships or opportunities that come up every day. So keep dissecting your mistakes, kids, and just never give up. That's the bottom line. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to I Am A Champion podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We are on all platforms and we really appreciate it. You can also find us on IG and TikTok at I Am A Champion Podcast and YouTube at I Am A Champion. Until next time, remember you are all champions, leaving you with high fives, big hugs, and big belief. April and Rowena. Who am I? I am a champion.